2: WNYC. Now we turn to New Jersey with our Nancy Solomon, who hosted last night's monthly edition of Ask Governor Murphy, the call-in show that airs once a month here on WNYC and public radio stations in Philadelphia and elsewhere in Jersey. Nancy joins us the next morning each month, typically for excerpts and analysis and your calls. This month, Nancy and Governor Murphy covered whether New Jersey is ready to host the 2026 Men's World Cup soccer tournament, including the championship game. Uh, They also talked about First Lady Tammy Murphy, who is running to replace Senator Bob Menendez this year. How much nepotism or whatever you want to call it. So we're going to play some excerpts. We'll take your calls. We'll talk to Nancy. New Jersey listeners, 212-433-WNYC, 212-433-9692. Call or text. And good morning, Nancy. Thanks for working the morning after, after you worked the night shift for (laughs) Ask Governor Murphy last night.
0: Good morning, Brian. Thanks for having
2: me. So what did the governor have to say about the World Cup?
0: Uh, Well, you know, he's thrilled, as you would expect, because not only is this, um, he sees this as, of course, a big economic boom for New Jersey, uh, but he also happens to be a very big soccer fan, and a very big World Cup fan. So uh, this was particularly exciting for him. And, um, you know, I think it's, and of course, it raises lots of issues. But uh, yeah, he's all in.
2: And so one big issue, as our transportation reporter, Stephen Nessen, has written and talked about is whether NJ Transit is going to be able to handle all these spectators. So here's about a minute from last night's Ask Governor Murphy, where the governor explained some of the challenges as he sees them.
1: The customer experience is dramatically different and better today, even while still being beholden to two tunnels built in 1911. Shame on the prior administrations that we have not gotten to these new tunnels, which we're finally getting to. Uh, notwithstanding we're beholden to amtrak issues. There was a fire in one of the tunnels on the New York side today, which led to delays this morning. So within the context of the in the context of the fact that we are beholden to a lot of exogenous stuff, the progress they've been they've made is remarkable. And you see it in the customer satisfaction. It's never been higher than it is now. Um, but it's not perfect. Understood. The, the the experience, Nance, that I think I would point people to is the Taylor Swift experience? I could also point you to, you know, Blackpink, uh, Bruce Springsteen, etc. But the, the the almost flawless execution of by NJ Transit around those three about seventy-two thousand person a night concerts. The World Cup, by the way, will be about eighty thousand a night.
2: So that's relatively a lot of words, Nancy, from the governor (laughs) on NJ Transit handling the crowds. And I don't know, was the takeaway there, yeah, there might be problems, but it's not my fault?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, it it is true that the agency was starved of resources during the eight years of Chris Christie, uh, but advocates tell me that they don't think Murphy has invested enough to overcome Uh, what those eight years did to the agency, both in terms of capital investments on rolling stock or upgrading the catenary wires so there isn't a problem anytime there's bad weather, things like that. So advocates want to see a dedicated source of funding in the state budget. Uh, You know, roads get that funding from the gas tax, which funnels through the transportation trust fund. But New Jersey Transit—it's a battle every year to get um, the funding that it wants, and this year there's a big deficit that they're dealing with. So, um, you know, I think there are. Uh, he, yeah, how long? How many years, Brian? Can the governor say, "Well, it was Chris Christie"? I mean, yeah. we're in—we're into the sixth year of his term, and um, I think at this point he—he he owns NJ Transit.
2: By the way, were you surprised to hear the governor? Name check Black Pink there. Um. <laughs> he, he's
0: he is a big music fan. I, not just is he a major sports guy, uh, but he is also um, very avid music listener. Goes to lots of concerts. You know, the governor has a box at the uh, MetLife Stadium. So um, he he and I've I've seen him. You know, when we do the show, he often is like blasting music and playing pool with his sons after the show so uh he's a real music guy
2: that's hilarious uh yeah but black pink who thought he would know a big k-pop band and for those listeners who don't know no that's not black sabbath it's not pink floyd it's black pink uh a k-pop band that i guess also sold out metlife stadium and that that difference, I don't know if it's such a big difference. You tell me. As the governor said, 72,000 was capacity for that concert, and Taylor Swift and Bruce Springsteen, the World Cup would be about 80,000 a night. I mean, if they handled 72,000, can't they handle 80,000?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's his point, is that a sold-out stadium is a sold-out stadium. And yes, everybody points to the Super Bowl meltdown. But, it, you know, there have been many, many sold-out stadiums since then that have uh, gotten people in and out without too much of a disaster. Um, you know, I think this is a little different in the sense that it has, there are so many games that get played over the course of the summer, Um, and so, you know, to what extent does that really stress the, the infrastructure? You know, I, I don't know. I think, you know, me and Stephen Nessen, our transportation reporter, and many of us are going to be trying to understand this and figure this out in the, the coming, um, two years. But, um, yeah, I think there's reason, there's a reasonable expectation that, that the state can get people to, to and from the stadium without, Causing too much of a meltdown,
2: and and listeners, um, we can open the calls, uh, the phones for your Jersey calls on the other idea that the governor was suggesting in that clip, which is that customer satisfaction has been increasing with respect to NJ Transit two one two four three three. WNYC. If you are uh, are an NJ Transit rider, how does it look to you compared to seven or eight years ago before Phil Murphy became governor of New Jersey? 212-433-WNYC, 433-9692. And we, we have a call like that already. So let's talk to Robin Montclair. You're on WNYC. Hi, Rob.
3: Hello. Thank you so much. There has been something bothering me. I I was a longtime NJ Transit train rider into uh, New York City uh, from Montclair. And uh, lately, post-COVID, there is just a lot of what I would call ghost trains where I can see and I'm stopped at the train crossing, uh, say, on a Friday at 7 p.m. now with work from home. Um, And you will see 13 cars with maybe two people on them um, on the entire train line. That's a huge waste of energy, resources, and expense for NJ Transit. So um, when will Governor Murphy look at usage and ridership and uh, make things more efficient? Uh, Since I'm sure New Jersey taxpayers are paying uh, a pretty penny for, uh, you know, that opportunity.
2: Rob, thank you. Plus the fare hike that the governor recently announced. And I know Nancy, one of your lines of questioning last night was whether the governor was hampering affordability in New Jersey by raising fares and tolls at this particular time. So what do you think about that? And what Rob was saying?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I totally understand what Rob is saying as someone who now commutes much less than I used to. And, um, you know, I'm he mentioned, you know, the governor said that the metrics show that rider satisfaction is up. But I am just not sure about those metrics precisely for that reason, that we're in this very strange moment where, uh, you know, we went through a year of nobody commuting and now commuting is way down. And so, you know, it, it stands to reason that complaints are down. People probably don't go into the New Jersey Transit Office and fill out a form when they're happy with the service. So, you know, it, it makes sense that complaints would be down since commuting is still uh, reduced. I've ridden on some of those empty trains. Um, I, I think it's an interesting point. Like, what at, at what point do they adjust to the, you know, is this a new normal, and, and how do they adjust to it? In terms of the 15% fare increase, I mean, the governor says that the fares typically would go up every year, and he suspended that, and so that's why he needs to raise them by 15% now. Uh, new Jersey Transit is facing a very large deficit. It's the, the agency has been told to come into the budget process with cuts, um and you know what the governor didn't say is that between the covid relief funds running out and the end of the business tax surcharge which is a uh, a tax on all profits over a million dollars a year so those are just the the wealthiest biggest companies that pay that extra tax he's he's cut that tax he added it, and now and he sunset it, so he let it run out. And um, so now, you know, that money has to come from somewhere. And um, a 15% fare hike and a 3% uh, adjusted uh, rate, an automatic rise that will go into effect every year after that, that's a, a big hit for commuters.
2: And last thing on this, before we move on to some other topics from your Ask Governor Murphy call-in last night, listener writes... Wasn't Murphy talking about Trump not providing funds for the tunnels, too?
0: <laughs> Is that a question? Yeah, that was a question. <laughs> Wasn't I'm Murphy sorry. talking about Trump
2: not providing funds for the tunnels, too? So, uh, oh, he- True.
0: It took a long time to get the, the Gateway Project up and funded. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Um, all right. New topic. We're going to play a clip of a caller asking the governor a question last night and the governor's response. And it's on the topic of expungement. And I wondered, Nancy, if you would just quickly define expungement so listeners get the context here.
0: Yeah, sure. So there's, I mean, there's always been a process by which some people who have been convicted of a crime can get their records expunged. Um, But what happened when... Uh, marijuana was legalized in New Jersey is that it came with a commitment from the state uh, that they would expunge all the marijuana arrests, uh, you know, going back through time. And so what happened is, is that that created a backlog. I mean, there were a ton of them. Um, And You know, I wasn't quite we got a call and uh, from someone who said he's been waiting two years to get his record expunged and that he can't get a job and he's nearly homeless
2: uh, because of that. And that's what we have. So let's hear Gene from Passaic calling Governor Murphy last night.
3: What is being done to help the 50,000 New Jerseyans whose being whose life has stopped waiting for expungement to process? I'm one of those people And I'm on the verge of being homeless because I can't find a job until the state police uh, um, erased the record uh, that I'm entitled to be erased because the judge signed it. And I've been waiting almost for two years. And the last time they told me that my record will be expunged is in the next two years from now. I understand they got $15 million allocated to help process the expungement and make it easier. What is being done for us?
1: Yeah, Gene, this this is one that, on the one hand, I'm proud that we have this expungement program in place. And it's the right thing to do. I, I've, for moment one, wanted New Jersey to be America's second chance state. We all make mistakes. Uh, let's pay whatever price it is for that mistake, but be given a shot at, uh, at a fully lived uh, life thereafter and on the other hand i've been frustrated by how long this has taken um and i know that the state police have made some moves of late
2: so nancy he obviously supports the idea of expungement uh regarding marijuana convictions but it's so slow
0: yeah this we get this is a, an issue that <clears throat> comes up a lot uh with all kinds of things that people are frustrated with the uh inability to get the New Jersey state government to do things that they say they're going to do. Um, With expungement, you know, I was a little, I was curious this morning um, why, uh, what the backlog is about besides just the, the extra requests because of the marijuana legalization. Um, I spoke with Amol Sinha, who's the director of the New Jersey ACLU. And he told me that, the Office of the Public Defender in New Jersey has filed a lawsuit against the state that that basically it claims that the state police are holding up this process, that they're not putting enough staff on it, they're not making it a priority, um, and that they just don't have the, you know... They don't have the drive and the mission to want to get this done and um, and so the public defenders are are suing the, the state over this, so that didn't come up last night, but I thought I'd add that so I think there really is maybe uh, reporters need to start like me start need to start digging into uh, what this backlog is really about um, and you know it was a it was a great call from Jean, and i I think you know the governor didn't. Quite White, he, you know, he expressed his frustration, but he didn't really say what the delay was
2: about. And somewhat related to the topic of expungement is the topic of clemency. And you noted last night that the governor has not granted clemency to anyone during his tenure. And his response was a little confusing. And I see you followed up with some reporting with the ACLU um, who I heard him cite as working with him on clemency. So, so what is clemency at the state level, and uh, why hasn't Governor Murphy given it to anybody?
0: Right. So the governor has uh, constitutional authority to release anyone from prison to declare that they're um, they've served their time uh, for any reason. Could be health. Uh, could be the length of the time the person served. Uh, could, you know, there's, of course, there's a whole unit looking at exonerations that has also been been a little bit slow in getting those out the door. Um, But, uh, right, I spoke with Amol Sinha again at the ACLU about this this morning as well, because I was really kind of mystified by the governor's response. I just didn't quite understand. He said he was looking at Um, taking a categorical approach, and I didn't quite understand what that means. Um, So what Sinha told me is that they're looking at categories such as age, health, uh, overly long sentences that are disproportionate to the crime, um, and that this is totally within the governor's constitutional power. No legislation is required. President Obama did a little bit of this at the end of his presidency by the category of low-level drug offenses and um, granted clemency to many of those. Uh, But the ACLU doesn't think that that would make enough of a dent in the prison population in New Jersey and that they're very excited about the fact that the governor is talking about doing something much, much bigger. Um, uh, So this could be, you know, Murphy... There have been many times where Murphy has kind of really shown some of his progressive bona fides. And I think this is one where I think he really seems to like the idea. And um, I think we could see something major coming from him uh, in the next year or sort of between now and the end of his tenure uh, where you know, large groups of people are released.
2: Right now with our Nancy Solomon, who hosts Ask Governor Murphy once a month. Last night was the February edition, and Nancy is here with some excerpts and analysis and taking some of your calls. And here's another NJ Transit call, O'Brain in East Orange. You're on WNYC. Hello, O'Brain.
3: Hello. Uh, So uh, recently I I traveled to Japan, And the transit system there is night and day compared to New Jersey. And one of the things with New Jersey is the level or lack of cleanliness. Um, Most of the times you're on the train, you can't even see out the window. And, like, you know, why wouldn't they just do regular maintenance of cleaning the cars? Uh, So I'm not sure why we should be expected to pay um, a 30% raise in fares for what I consider inferior service.
2: O'Brien, thank you very much. Nancy, how big of a fare hike is it? And is there a lot of public backlash?
0: Well, it's a 15%. Uh, fares would go up. So, you know, that it ranges, of course, what you pay is, you know, what the ticket is. You know, it really goes by distance pretty much. So, um, you know, people pay more the further they are out from New York. Um, so, you know, 15% is a pretty big hit. Um, you know, I. I have <laughs> I've certainly experienced some, jer- some dirty uh, New Jersey Transit trains. I mean, there has been uh, a purchasing of new rolling stock, and the new trains are really quite nice. Um, when you get an old train, which you do, you do get the old trains on a regular basis, and uh, they're pretty bad, the old trains. So much worse than anything on, say, the Metro North or the LIRR. Um, so, you know, it would be a great thing if they could replace all of the rolling, all the old rolling stock with newer ones. I'm not sure if it's that they don't get cleaned enough or whether that grime is just so baked on that there's no way of getting it off.
2: New topic. After months of you asking about whether First Lady Tammy Murphy would run to replace Senator Bob Menendez. She has, in fact, thrown her hat in the ring. And last night, you asked this pointed question about how the governor can convince voters to vote for his wife without throwing too much of his weight around in a way that would be inappropriate. So here's a minute of his response
1: Judge her on her own two feet. Would this woman make, by the way, the first woman it would be in our state's history, would she make? an outstanding United States Senator. That to me is the litmus test and there's no other relevant litmus test. Uh, if, if this were a guy, I don't think you'd be asking uh, that question or not, not you personally, but um, I just don't, I don't, I, I just don't see it that way. The, the, what folks need to judge is she, does, does she have the talent to be an outstanding representative and U.S. Senator for New Jersey? And folks may say no to that. I know where I am, but folks should judge that independently. And I, and I have no quarrel with uh, we, we live with the results, good, bad or otherwise. But that, to me, is the only basis upon which this uh, uh, upon which, pardon me, she should be assessed.
2: So, Nancy, what have we seen so far regarding the governor's support for his wife's campaign? Is his influence being used inappropriately according to anybody and is it having an effect?
0: Yeah, you know, we've seen a lot. Uh, this has become a huge story in New Jersey. And um, I have to say, you know, listening back this morning, I'm, fr- I'm frustrated that I didn't ask a follow-up, because he didn't answer the question. I mean, the question is, are you throwing your weight around? Um, or, and, and are you worried that voters might see you, and there might be a perception of you throwing your weight around, uh, even if you're not. And he didn't really, he didn't answer that question at all. And so, you know, this, the, the, the main issue here is that the governor of New Jersey is the most powerful governor in the country constitutionally. And so that means, you know, line item veto power over the budget. That means he could go, he can go in and strike out one job in the, you know, in the, thousands of employees in the state. So he has incredible power with the budget. He, you know, signs, of course, like all governors, signs every bill or vetoes it. So that's, of course, a tremendous amount of power. And he's one of three elected statewide elected officials in the whole state. Most states have between five and seven. So it's the governor and two senators. And what I was asking him is, you know, is this really the right... Thing to have, of those three positions, have two of them be husband and wife, the Murphys, and then Cory Booker, the other senator. Um, So he didn't really address that, and and where the power of the governor comes in is, you know, I think it's been called uh, a form of soft corruption by some national news uh, news outlets that have been looking at this. Now, you know, this is drawing attention to our system in New Jersey because. The governor, so endorsements uh, by the Democratic Party are made by the county committees, and the chairs of the county committees are really dependent on the governor for numerous things Uh, funding for their counties, funding for their local officials to get projects so they can get reelected. Many of the county chairs are lobbyists who are able to market their influence with the governor. So you have these county chairs, sometimes I call them the party bosses, making endorsements that will give Tammy a leg up. It's not just that they're saying, oh, we like Tammy Murphy, vote for her. They're putting her in an advantageous position on the ballot. And this has been shown by research to give a huge leg up to candidates who have that endorsement. So you have the money, you have the power, uh, and you have this broken ballot and broken county endorsement system that of course is related to the money and the power and um i you know personally i this is not a republican democratic thing it's a it's a problem with democracy small yeah. d
2: yeah it's a good government both
0: parties yeah. can do it and um and so for the for the first time in since i've been covering new jersey there there is a lot of attention now being paid to this Um, And, you know, (laughs) I did not hold the governor to the fire there.
2: Isn't the big race, I mean, the big news in the race, the fact that the Monmouth County Democratic Party over the weekend did not endorse Tammy Murphy, Murphy, they endorsed Congressman Andy Kim?
0: Yes, that has been the big news. And I was there. Uh, Most of the top political reporters in the state were there, and Monmouth County for Democrats, is a pretty small state. I'm sorry, county. It's not one of the big, uh, you know, Camden, Essex, Hudson, Middlesex, are where uh, Bergen are where all the Democratic votes are really concentrated. So here you have Monmouth County, but it's the home turf of. The Murphys, although Murphy did point, uh, the governor did point out last night that Andy Kim has one little corner of the county as part of his district. But so Andy Kim clobbered her. But what was interesting and why there were so many reporters there and why it's such a big story is because it was actually a secret ballot vote. And the rank and file, these are huge committees with Mm. 500 to 1000 people, Monmouth, you know, more in the 500 range. And the rank and file actually got to take a secret vote, and so there was no pressure ah, to put ah, to bear wow, on them. That's
2: so interesting, yeah. Monmouth County, for those of you who don't know, kind of the northernmost part of the Jersey Shore, and yes. a little bit inland from there. All right, we have one minute left. Last topic: the governor was asked about bike signs. Set this up real quick.
0: <laughs> uh, we got a caller from a someone who's a, in a bike club. And apparently, I knew nothing about this. Um, Apparently, there was a law passed in, I believe, 2022 or sometime around then, that uh, requires drivers to make accommodations for bicyclists on the road. You know, New Jersey is not an enormously bike-friendly state, I will say that, Um, and so This law changed, but nothing has been done to support the law. So this fellow said he bikes into Pennsylvania, um, and as soon as you cross the bridge over the Delaware River, you start to see signs, give Uh bicyclists this much room, and, Uh be you know, that kind of thing. So he was saying this is an orphan law. It gets no support. Drivers don't understand. And he asked the governor to... um, to do something about it, to, put, to, to invest in sign,
2: signage. And the governor said this in eight seconds.
1: It's hard to say no to that, man. Um, and again, I want to be leading the nation in stuff, and I'm happy to say we do in a lot of stuff. It sounds like we're not leading on this one.
2: I guess not. Well, I enjoyed biking last summer down in the Lambertville area on the Jersey side, and it was very nice, but that's where they have the big off-road uh, path. So, yeah, along
0: the canal there, right? Yeah,
2: that's right. Here, here, yeah. here to uh, good bicycle signage. And we leave it there for today with our Nancy Solomon, who hosts Ask Governor Murphy once a month on the station and comes on with us usually the next morning, like today, with clips and analysis. Nancy, thanks as always.
0: Thanks, Brian.